Welcome back to A People's Guide to Publishing. I'm Joe Beal, the founder and CEO of Microcosm Publishing and Distribution. I'm also the author of A People's Guide to Publishing, which distills what I've learned from selling millions of books over the past 25 years. I'm Ellie Blue. I'm the Editorial and Marketing Director here at Microcosm. We are an independent midlist publisher based in Portland, Oregon. We have 14 employees, over 650 titles in print with 20 to 40 new books per year, and we distribute thousands of titles from other publishers. We started this podcast so that we can share what we've learned with newer publishers so that you can learn from our mistakes. Or maybe you just want to understand the publishing industry. Today we are interviewing two of our authors of the new book, If Animals Could Talk, uh, Carla Butlin and Josh Cassidy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Wow. Thanks for having us. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, does anyone have a copy of your book that they could hold up? I guess we can edit it onto the screen. Like <laughs> <laughs> but is it backwards or is it front? Is it's it forwards. That's forward. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> so Cute. for those of us just listening on the podcast, it's an adorable square book. It's kind of light blue and it has a hedgehog on the cover saying, standing next to a, a broken balloon and it says, oh shit, my bad. And, you know, I feel like you've done a great service to make hedgehogs a respectable animal because they're kind of normally portrayed as, you know, sort of the misfits of the animal kingdom. How do you, was this an intentional choice? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, you know, the book is just a secret campaign to bring back, um, you know, rebrand re and give them a new image. Just kidding. It's not, it's not that. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's about animals having maybe some seditious thoughts, various misbehaviors, uh, you know, like a real look into their psyche. Yeah, no, that's well said. It's definitely not hiding our own thoughts and masking them behind cute, adorable animals by any means. It's, uh, it's definitely rooted in uh, facts and logic and... <laughs> I realize the sarcasm is probably not going to get picked up that way <laughs> over over our audio. Um, but no, it's definitely like a, an eclectic mix of animals. But yeah, I think what what we have is um, some of them are rooted in facts and some of them are just like fun jokes and some of them are, are very random. But once we started this project and Carla started drawing on these animals, it gave us a lot of ideas and the animals honestly are really cute and interesting and it almost felt uh, funnier sometimes to to create a bigger contrast of like what that adorable animal might be thinking or saying. Um, so yeah, there's quite a bit, there's quite a bit of uh, voices and characters in the book for sure. And so what so, motivated that? Oh, sorry, Ellie. Oh, I was going to say, I think we should dial back to the book's backstory first yeah. because this is a super funny and interesting story. And then we can talk about the nitty gritty. Yeah, how did mm -hmm. the book how did the book come to exist? Huh. Well, uh, last night I did a deep dive into my email because I was trying to find our first uh, email thread of where the book came from. But um, yeah, well, Josh and I met um, I think as interns at a ad firm in Detroit, um, and you know struck up a friendship there, and then we. Uh, actually ended up, Josh moved to California, I moved to New York, and then the project started after we moved. So it was purely over email, texting, calling. Um, and I think it just 
started based on some weird animal drawings I did in my free time and Josh liked writing jokes about animals. So we combined oh, yeah. our forces, um, but didn't, I think in the beginning we didn't quite know what this was. It's like we had these drawings and quotes and I think ultimately knew we wanted to make it a book, but didn't know exactly how to get there initially. So this was yeah. like a, a water cooler joke. Yeah, I mean, basically it was like, um, you know, we, I think like a lot of like different creatives that find themselves in like a certain career path where creative is a part of the job. Um, it's kind of stifling in a way because then you start to think about like your, your main creative outlet being like your, your job or for like, uh, you know, whatever client you're working on. And I think we were really starting to feel that and wanting to do something different and something that was like our own, uh, that we could just have fun with. Um, and then like Carla said, when we started to collect these different animals and different quotes, and we were trying to think of like, you know, what's the best way to share these with people? Um, you know, it was like 2014. So I think we did what a lot of people did at the time, which was make a Tumblr. Uh, you know and um and collect them there and we also knew like a lot of books also at the time were like born from there um having popular tumblers so we just thought well let's put them here let's collect them and share it out and see what happens but we didn't have any any real expectations other than um just finding this creative outlet for us to be able to like mess around um seemed it like at least like once a week for a little while just uh putting out animals and jokes and then what happened? Uh, let's see. Well, then it became a Tumblr. And we, I love saying we're big on Tumblr. It maybe meant a lot more in 2014 than it does now. But um, yeah, our blog ended up getting featured, I think. And all of a sudden, one day, I think we both were looking at our phones and they were just blowing up. And we went from you know, a few followers to like 40,000 followers and just a ton of likes and interaction and uh, super exciting, very crazy to like watch that happen in real time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that happened. And then um, that led us to the first edition of the book, um, I think in 2015. And so that was with Sterling Publishing. Did they contact you or did you like have an agency or how did you end up there? Um, I, they contacted us, but it was through, I knew someone else that had published through them. Um, so we, uh, it was a coworker at the time actually. Um, mm -hmm. So I tried to infiltrate through them and get a contact and then, um, try to strike up something there. And um, my coworker, I think, tried to hype us up too and talk about our Tumblr explosion. Um, but yeah, then they ended up contacting us and immediately saying they wanted to publish a book of our work. Yeah, and I think it was like a year later. I feel like it was like summer of 2015. So it was nice to kind of like build up a little bit of a following for a year that happened and that was awesome because it was just like kind of what we had you know hoped for a perfect situation and then it ended up publishing in 2016 i believe and then so. what happened? 
and then, <laughs> I know we have a really long story, um, you know, hero's arc. Uh, so then like it, it published and I think it was, it, it was like really cool to see it out in the world. Um, we had like, uh, an initial, um, sort of like book launch party in, in New York and it just felt like real and tangible and like really exciting. And it was just nice to be able to see that and to see it in stores, um, to have friends like, you know, send us photos when they walk into a bookstore and it was on the shelf. So that was really great. Um, and I think too, it's just like a little bit of a reality of like being first time authors of like what this means. And I think the biggest takeaway is just like the joy of seeing it out in the world and being able to share it with people. Um, you know, the people that are, you know, fortunate enough to build careers off of being like authors, uh, and illustrators, it's like, you could see how daunting that, that really is. Um, but not in a bad way. It was all really cool. And, um, you know, it's like we had some, we had a lot of fun putting it out there, and for me at least, it felt like like I felt fulfilled. Like this was awesome. Uh, and then, similar to that weird day when we were looking at Tumblr and we're like, oh, these numbers keep going up. Um, and this, our phones are <laughs> stopping buzzing. Randomly, was it twenty eighteen? Maybe yeah. so a couple of years, years after. Later. A couple of years <laughs> after. Um, there was a, there was a woman who I think, did she tweet both of us? I can't remember. I, the first time I saw it was just on Buzzfeed. You texted me and we're like, we're on Buzzfeed. <laughs> and I was like, what, <laughs> what does and that then, mean? <laughs> so yeah, I remember, um, on Twitter being mentioned by this woman who I thought was really mad. Um, I could, I couldn't really tell. It was like right before I was about to go to bed. Um, but apparently this woman's, this woman's mother, so the grandma in this situation was strolling through a bookstore and came upon our book, uh, which the original version was very, uh, wasn't really forward facing with like the branding, um, of, of our sense of humor or the intent of the book. I was really stripped back and like, you know, <laughs> adorable animal forward. So the grandma thought it was a picture book, uh, which, you know, it's called If Animals Could Talk. So I see why. Um, and she so she bought it for her, her granddaughter without ha having opened the book. So the whole thing. She mentioned the granddaughter cover. was maybe like five or six. Also, <laughs> yeah, that's a, she's a six year old. And our book is definitely adult. And um, so she bought the book and then the mom saw it and was a bit mortified uh, when she like read the contents. And so she started to share out those contents on Twitter. Because uh, you know, when you have like a problem with something, that's where you go. And she shared all of these and she had mentioned, uh, she had mentioned us or she had mentioned me and, and I saw that. And I tried to just make light of the light of the joke. I think I said something about, you know, I think, you know, grandma has good taste. Maybe you can just hold that book back until your daughter ages another 10 to 12 years and maybe she'll really enjoy it. Um, and it's more appropriate for her. Um, but anyways, yeah, we woke up the next day and uh, again, like a really surreal situation. Like my phone just kept buzzing with notifications and her tweet and that thread um, and our interaction had gone viral, which was a really weird thing to say. Uh, still feels weird to say. 
And then a bunch of news outlets, honestly, around the world picked it up, which is really funny because I know it's like coming from a place of misfortune. But what was really fun about it was on that thread where I thought she was upset, um, the mother, she like found it like kind of entertaining because it was just such like a weird thing that she wasn't anticipating. And when she shared out all of the pages of the book, a lot of people like really liked it and thought it was really funny. And then they shared it out and it was like the best free advertising we could have ever had because then we, we sold out of the books. Um, Carla was doing a radio interview the next day. Uh, they, they published some more. Um, so that was like giving the book a, a second life and it was weirdly coveted and auctioned on eBay for like way more money. Um, it was, that was really weird to see. So we had a bit of a initial launch in 2016 that I just felt like happy to, happy to be seeing it in print uh, to, to selling it out worldwide, I guess, and to having people uh, charge way more for it. Uh, just because it was like so so in demand at the time. Wow. And I think 2019 was when Joe and I were in New York and we visited Sterling's offices and met with a salesperson there who was like, oh, here's a shelf of our published books, look through them and see what you like. And we immediately found your book and we were like, we love this. And we were like opening it and reading pages and he got more and more and more embarrassed. And he didn't tell us anything about how it had yeah. gone viral. He was just yeah, he like, print yeah he, he he didn't even go that far he would just say things like you like that book <laughs> and and we're like well yeah 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 can you send us a sample of this one and he was like i'll put it on the list <laughs> and, and then when i followed up and i said hey we never got a sample of that book he said that one's not available <laughs> you know, it's like what what is like you know what's the story because you know it's but it's i guess maybe it's like they don't see it the way you or i would see it <laughs> where it's you're like oh this is funny and you can you know it's finding its audience through the strangest of ways it seemed like they you know there's a there's a wisdom in publishing of you do things not to play to your audience but to make sure that you never offend anybody and and i mm -hmm. think and it's it just it's so cutting off everybody at their knees, you know. And I, I yeah. suspect that's maybe what was going on in your case. Yeah, something was. <laughs> it doesn't surprise it doesn't surprise me with what you're with what you're yeah. saying. Um, yeah. Because yeah, we uh, again like not knowing any better. Like after we had gotten all that attention we wanted to act on it like well what does this mean like what can we do like this is really great like this is all that we could ever have hoped for like um our uh you know like the book is trending the story is trending you know there's a lot of you know books that launch that have a ton of money behind the promotion that don't get this kind of like moment like what would we do and I mean, like, we're really grateful for that opportunity, but it just felt like, uh, I think there's like a disconnect too with like how we both <laughs> view this project. And um, yeah, I definitely felt like they, uh, their brand wanted to be a very specific thing. And I get like, our book is, uh, you know, probably the opposite of that. So. Yeah, I think they were moving in like a different direction. And maybe our book might have been one of the last in its 
cat, I don't even know what the cat category would be of fake children's book at the time. <laughs> I mean, we, we just call it humor, but like yeah. hu humor in the bookstore is like literally, I, I, Ellie and I joke about this a lot where you're like, literally just like stories about a cat would be put in humor, even if they're not funny, you know, <laughs> so like yeah. things that are actually funny are like, I don't know, like kind of sacrosanct in the bookstore because they might upset somebody. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think we kind of, uh, I have a lot of them screenshotted, but we kind of embraced some of our bad reviews too of, you know, once the book was out there and we knew the cover was honestly deceiving and that was the joke. But I think we always assumed you would open the book and, you know, look at the contents and realize the joke before purchasing it. <laughs> but a lot of people did not. Um, so we have a lot of interesting views of angry parents or angry like church camp counselors who bought a hundred for um, their camp retreat only to realize the contents at the camp retreat. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so, I mean, we, I, we kind of love that. It's, you know, just adds to the story and um, it's pretty entertaining to see those reviews. I can see on, as the publisher, maybe they probably didn't find that as funny. We thought it kind of just, you know, hyped up the book even more. Um, and to the, the point on it being in the humor section of stores, I think there was uh, some confusion there too, because we did often see it in children's sections. <laughs> oh, so, uh, or like a Noah's Ark kind of vibe section. So, um, oh, uh oh, yeah, I have some photos of it in those sections. Then I would replace it and move it to its correct section on my own. Just a, my singular audit of a few bookstores, but <laughs> thank you for your service. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and I mean, and this is like you know, to the people that work in data out there, it's like this is why you really need to use the correct bisects in publishing so people don't think, oh, this is a children's book. Clearly, I don't need to investigate this further, you know. And yeah. I mean, and, and uh, I mean, I was a little horrified to learn this past year that librarians when doing their purchasing, they literally will just order everything by a reading age and a shelving code. And and then they'll return the ones that don't fit. So like, you know, people that are ordering oh, your wow. books, they would miss your book and people that are ordering children's books would get your book and then send it back. You know, yeah. and so it's like, it's just so important, you know, and I think part of it too, in your case is that you know, the, the backstory is that Sterling has been for sale for some, the company has been for sale for some years. And then, you know, the parent company was just sold to like a British investment firm. And so, you know, they probably didn't know really what the future of the company was to be is probably part yeah. of it too. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and, and then I guess, but I think it's really funny that you two who both presumably still work in advertising, you know, you created this project for fun at, you know, that you met at your job. And then you had sort of the like most hilarious outcome of, you know, advertising that ultimately kind of worked out. Yeah, yeah, what was, a, yeah, please, go ahead. Oh, what was the impact of this project like on your careers, on your life, on your other creative projects? Was it like a viral flash in the pan or has it had repercussions? 
Um, I think it's been really helpful too. Like it shows, you know, that we're truly passionate about creative and, and making things even on our own time. So I think people always appreciate that. And it's um, probably the most unfiltered form of our humor and thinking and creative process. Whereas, you know, working at ad firms, we have, you know, work from there, but it goes through a certain filter and clients are involved and it's a reflection of what we can do, but um, not quite as pure as the book. So I always point to that if people want to know my sense of humor or um, dive deeper into my brain. And I say, look at, let, let's go through the book. Look at that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, and this is a conversation we have a lot. It's like, if you're a fine artist, like a book cover is not going to be like the best reflection of your work. Like a gallery wall would be, whereas like a book cover is communicating, say like the age range and the subject matter and like the, you know, it's communic and humor is really difficult to communicate is you know to be fair and as a rule because it's like you can if you miss it you've really missed it you know <laughs> and so you really want to be a little like forward but not too forward to like force the joke mm -hmm. i don't know do you and i mean and it's I, I think it's great that you you know yeah and you put it well that like this is what you do and this is maybe the most pure form that you wouldn't get to do at your day jobs and now you're making the coloring book tell us about that yeah um so i guess to step back to maybe how it started we made an initial coloring book or coloring zine with you all uh in the heart of the pandemic with um our animals in quotes but more geared towards uh light-hearted jokes having to do with the pandemic to bring uh, a little much needed humor at that time um so we did that initially and then um now we're doing uh a bigger more expanded version um of an adult coloring book based on a lot of our favorite animals and those quotes um yeah we're working on that now i think as we all know trying to find the balance of these super simplified drawings but adding a bit more to them because we know when adults want to color they need a little bit more intricacy to get going so uh yeah we're we're trying to work through that and strike that balance right now and and i don't know i mean this is another one the crossover is funny where you know there was a period about six or seven years ago where people would color to relieve stress and i do think yeah. it's pretty funny to think of like people coloring an animal that's swearing and, you know, next to a hypodermic needle to avoid stress. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, Cause yeah, you wouldn't think it would be stress inducing, but it's a little, uh, yeah, it's a little cathartic when you see all these animals just uh, cutting loose. Um, I mean, that's their nature, I guess. They don't have any societal rules. They can just do whatever they want. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think what we hope is that like what we've created is just uh, I don't know. It's those things like when you turn a page, like I'm hoping that you're you're not anticipating what's going to be on that page, and there's a little bit of a surprise. And luckily, we have like a collection of animals that's like um, 
and we've truly found this too when we've met people who have read the book or have bought the book it's uh there's like something in there for like everybody so if a couple pages don't totally hit there's going to be one that really hits with them because there's just a range of a range of characters and a range of quotes that they might say um so it's been really fun and then yeah like carla said like creating creating what that's going to be for like a, a coloring experience that's equally as rewarding is uh it's a fun challenge and something that we're working through um, with you all, which has been great. I also think like difference between like what we had before and what we have now is I think like a lot of uh, a lot of collaboration and um, and like a little bit of like a lot, not a little bit, but like a lot more guidance too with like you know just how we wanted to position the book and then even just you know the, the slight pushes uh, being given to make the most out of a certain book and how that's going to resonate with an audience. So it's been um, it's been cool having that like partnership because before there wasn't really like a big roadmap um, and things like that. So that's it's been nice because I think that's like how we like to work is to be collaborative and to like push each other ourselves between Carla and I. So um, yeah, no, it's great. We're really excited about this book and the coloring book to come. So can I ask more actually about the production process? Cause um, you know, with the highly visual book, there's just like a lot of production that needs to happen. You know, you're creating the art and the text and then we're like trying to make it work on the page for the printer and we have our way of doing it. And I'm curious, yeah, like how, like what was it like working with Sterling and then working with us on like different versions of the same book? Like what, what, how are the processes different or the same or did anything surprise you? Yeah. Um, so working with Sterling was interesting. I think um, from like the actual production and file standpoint, I remember once we, you know, signed the agreement and went forward, they had a hard stance on file handling and whether that would be me or them. And um, knowing both Josh and I, we want to have as much creative control as we can. So um, when I saw that fork in the road, I said, I want to do all the uh, file preparation, even though, you know, I use the Adobe Creative Suite on a daily basis. I've never put a book together. So through that process, I realized that although I know InDesign really well, I don't know it uh, in a publishing capacity. <laughs> so um, thankfully I built out the files, but then was very honest about that with them and said, hey, if you actually want uh, the book to turn out looking like a book, you're gonna need to look at these files and like, make sure I'm building it all properly. So um, yeah, I uh, laid out the book initially, and then I actually went to their offices one day um, towards the end and stayed there for like 12 hours. I think we, we thought I would be there for like an hour just to like look at the files and then <laughs> I didn't eat or drink anything for 12 hours and just sat there with the designer and went through and you know, we're both like Josh and I are perfectionists too. So some things that maybe some people would have let slide, I wanted to fix and just tweak and um, make perfect. But another interesting point on us um, having to fully own the files, even though like in the end we didn't, they helped us. I think there wasn't a lot of um, 
going through each page with the detail on like, what is the actual quote? What is the joke? Um, and that sort of thing. So we almost had like maybe too much creative freedom. I think now with our partnership with you, we appreciate that you're really going through every single joke and thinking about, is this the right joke? You know, is there a different way to phrase it? Even just the grammar or, you know, maybe this isn't the right angle and maybe we try something else. Um, whereas with Sterling, it was like, I don't, I think we could have said anything and it, it would have been printed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really go through an editorial process with you. It's easy to skip that when you're doing a, an yeah. image, honestly, but, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I felt like I just got a big pass uh, that first time, that first time around um, with the, with the writing. Um, but yeah, no, that's been really that's been really great because honestly, we we wanted that stuff. Uh, you know, it's just like <clears throat> maybe also through like our careers, like we're just trained to always be presenting a piece of creative to like somebody above us. So, you know, like you're the experts. Like you know, you tell us like what do you think? It's like, yeah, it's good. Like. Okay, cool. It's good. Um, you know, what do you think about the order? Like, should we think about that? Like, what you know, like, what's the you know, what's the art going to be and all that? And it's like, you know, whatever you guys want. Like, okay. Um, like, I remember getting right down to like our our printing deadline and and having printed out all of the pages and putting them in my on the floor of like my studio apartment. So it's like, you couldn't see my carpet anymore because it was just all of the pages and trying to like reorder and like figure out like what that's going to be, which was, which was cool. And I think that was like a nice memory, but yeah, there was, there were, I feel like pretty hands off when it came to this kind of like story and yeah, the editorial process uh, as well. So. Hands um, off was a good phrase, hands off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now I think we can see like the benefits of having like a good balance and like a, a collaborative uh, relationship because yeah, it's really helpful and educating. Yeah, I think we, like you said, Josh, we thrive on feedback. Like even just Josh and I going back and forth, it's like, you know, we get it, the work to a certain point and then I send it to Josh and he has feedback and then I have feedback on his feedback and then, you know, it just only makes the work better. And we have that dynamic with both of you too. Like, here's the cover. There's a few options. What do you think? Oh, should we tweak this? Okay. Let me go back. I'll redo it. Okay. What do we think now? So, um, yeah, it only, you know, makes everything better. And we, we love that. It's weird. I don't, I think we never want to hear just cool. looks good. It's like, what else, what else can we yeah. do? Tell us what's wrong with it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it's uh, it's nice to, I'd say like one thing that we really appreciate about working with you all as well is that, like the creative process, like, does, you know, like it never stops, you know, it's just like you, your deadline happens, you know, but we could still continue to think and continue to iterate. So, you know, when you go through rounds of feedback or changes and you get to a certain point and then you look at it again and you're just like, I don't know, I think it could be different. I think we could do X, Y, or Z, but being able to put that stuff in front of you, it was always nice because it felt like, we, you know, we never had anybody who was balking at something. Um, if it was a good change, it would be embraced. And if it didn't work, it didn't. But um, it felt like we could come to you with different solutions and you're able to give us feedback and we could take that feedback uh, 
and like internalize it and figure out the best way to like bring you back something else um interesting so yeah no the relationship's fun and yeah collaborating i think just helps make everything like sharper so yeah we're really proud of this one we were talking last night um we're like how, so how do, how do we talk about this book compared to the last book because it's you know the concept is the same but we're like this is the better this is the better book <laughs> there's you know better stronger jokes more animals uh the thought and collaboration that went into like making this um yeah just like sharper in general uh has been a lot of fun we're really excited about it I did have a little bit of paranoia before the book came out where I was like, what if nobody will buy it if they don't think it's a children's book comedically and then it goes viral again, but it seems like the sales have been strong and uh, people are wanting it on its merits, not just on the merits of misunderstanding. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had an idea like late in the, um, cover process or it feels pretty late i apologize too because i'm like you guys are great you guys are so cool but i'm sure it was like annoying to get an email or we want to change something last second but um we have like a subhead that i can't honestly remember what it is right now but it says something more like very explicit like a children's book for adults or something to that effect right yeah mm -hmm. so just something that i think like helps it because we have friends that are like having kids now and they're reading the same books and i think they just want to laugh too because they're going to read to their kid and their kid's not going to remember any of this stuff so let me just enjoy myself while i read to them and then there's some like me or us that just still have um childish sense of humors at an adult age and you just want to flip through a book that's going to make you make you laugh a little bit so it definitely hits on you know it's definitely not a children's book but there's like a certain age of child that you could see where that book has a has a role and it's mostly to serve the serve the adults but um yeah no i hear you on that on that potential fear but yeah it's glad to know that people are uh being receptive for it for what it is yeah it's interesting too the like the initial joke of it um still resurfaces every now and then like mm -hmm every year or so all of a sudden i'll see like a really popular instagram meme account reposting the initial tweets um from the mom and grandma and it'll like blow up and get hundreds of thousands of likes just out of nowhere um which i still don't quite know how the internet works in that respect like why why someone revisited it um but yeah it's pretty pretty crazy to see its life change throughout the years. And um, funny you bringing up kids, Josh, I, I have a list of people that at, have been asking for the book in between it getting printed because they want to buy it for a friend's baby shower or um, still very kid centric events they want it for. <laughs> yeah. Well, There's I'm really glad we parents. <laughs> I'm really glad we got to work together on this. And it was really a pleasure working with you too. Like the fact that you were like, you know, always, always wanting to, um, you know, you had strong opinions and lots of ideas and it was always in service of the book. And like, you, I never felt like you weren't hearing us. You like seemed to really want our feedback and like vice versa. 
And so, yeah, it was like really great to work with you both because it was, you know, about the book always and about making it better and not never about like ego or insecurity or trust or anything like that. So it was, um, yeah, that was, that was, that that always makes everything easier, even when it's technically difficult. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was awesome. Like, you know, finding people who were just as invested as us and cared about, you know, making the book as good as it could be since we hadn't we hadn't had that dynamic before other than just josh and i so um it's really cool to have that with you both and have that outside perspective too since we're so close to the animals and the jokes and we've been living with them for so long um it was really nice to have that other perspective so once this oh sorry go ahead joe and to, the book comes out, I mean, the book is in stores today. Today is actually your publication date, I don't know, right? which I, I didn't realize that that's an incredible coincidence. But yeah, I'm, really good at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like been <laughs> arbitrary a lot lately because everything is so months delayed at the printer that often we've had to reschedule so many books because of that. But your book actually was delivered relatively on time and was printed on time. So it like will actually be in stores on time, presumably. And, but we've, I mean, we've had the wholesalers reorder already. So that normally means the initial orders are positive. But, you know, to, to me, I'm less like, you know, a lot of authors want or think they want a hands-off publisher. And then, you know, but I can't, I don't think they can see you know, the perception is that a publisher is a meddler or is going to screw up good ideas when, you know, and I think you bring a really important perspective to it where you're like, ideally, you would have someone as invested as you are that helps you, that's a little bit emotionally distanced to make it yeah. better, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm gl- glad you felt that way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's like a bit of an internal... Um, I, I feel like just like the creative process of like anytime you get feedback on something, it's like when you put it out there initially, you put it out there because you thought it was right. And then you get feedback and then you're like, hmm, well, I don't know. And then you think about it and then, yeah, you definitely, uh, you know, internalize and you're like, okay, well, now that just like unlocked something in your brain because when you wrote it the way that you wrote it or you, you drew it the way you did, um, I don't know, you have like blinders on because it was just like, from your perspective. So when you have that outside perspective come in, give you a thought more times than not, um, even when it's like client feedback that like, you know, you're really not super jazzed about, it just makes you think differently. And it is valuable in its own right, because then you problem solve or you go back or you take the note. And oftentimes it's like it unlocks something that's like funnier or better than you you had. So if you're resistant to that feedback or that collaboration, if you're resistant to the to the idea that maybe there's not like there's only one, there's not just one way to do something. Um, yeah, it's, I feel like you're gonna have a tough time. <laughs> just again, just like seeing how how far a creative idea can stretch, and and then you know you don't want to like limit the potential of what something can be by just uh, being turned off to outside opinions yeah I, I think if you let us we'd still be editing the book right now 
<laughs> well, maybe get started on a next book, and then you'll like right. you can get get that itch going. You know. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask, like, what is next for you all once you're done with this coloring book? Are you going to do more talking animals, or do you have other ideas, or are you going to, you know, go focus on relaxing in your leisure time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we should talk about it. <laughs> we actually have this pitch. If you guys have like ten minutes, pull a PowerPoint. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be amazing if you had this proved. We're alive. Yeah. 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 Not to put you on the, on the spot um, on this live stream, but we have this idea. Um, yeah. We have. Yeah. We should. Yeah. We should talk about it. I think right now it's like focusing on like how to make that coloring book again. Just great and being able to figure out the best way to bring this to bring this to life um also keeping like the connective tissue from like the book itself which again is like there's a bit of a juxtaposition between like what you expect with an with an adult with what an adult would expect in the coloring book but then also like the aesthetic of this is intentionally children so like solving that is going to be fun um easier for me to say from like a writer standpoint but um i would say that and then also like we've had ideas i think for a while with like how we would ever expand like a series of like because there's, there's a lot of things that potentially could talk uh you know in an in an animated and illustrated world i think exploring that would be kind of fun and then also just like you know we've used animals i think predominantly to like give random voices to them and like quotes but if there were other things or we had another category what kind of jokes or perspective or insights would that unlock or is there just like a new niche category of things that could talk that would be interesting to us um it's like one of the things that we've kicked around a little bit yeah we've I guess a few years ago, explored that a little bit. We do have a pitch deck of some of those. We have to <laughs> maybe uh, revisit. But yeah, it feels it's in, like you'd think, you know, we've been doing this since 2014 and you'd think maybe it would feel old to us or like, oh, you know, that thought has dried up. But it just animals alone, like, you know, we've done hundreds of them, but there's I don't, I should have Googled this, how many animals and species there are, dead and alive. Um, but it's just an endless treasure trove of, you know, weird niche animals, even common animals we haven't, you know, worked with yet. I think randomly last night, I realized, have we not done anything with a possum? Like we've done crazy weird frogs yeah. and things, but we've never even done a possum. So, um, you know, there's a lot of ground we haven't covered even just within animals. So I think, you know, who knows what the future holds. Well, you can put a possum in the coloring book, you know, it's not, I mean, unless that like puts a serious wrench in your creative process and sets you back to <laughs> the beginning. Or... I'm drawing the line there, Joe. No <laughs> <possums>. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I get it, you know, and I get it. I love it that like, since this is your passion project, you're not like looking at billable hours or you're not, you know, you're looking at this from like, how do I enjoy this? How do like, we have fun with this? You know, how do we make the best possible book to show off? You know, I guess it's like the ultimate pitch deck in a certain sense, however goofy it is, you know? 
Yeah. And I think too, and again, like very light conversations about stuff like this, but I, I think there's also, uh, there's also like real, <laughs> not real children's books, but like children's <laughs> books that have like an intentional like message to them, or they're really meant to help, but they're done in an edgy adult way. So I don't know if that makes parents feel just a little bit better about the book that they're reading to their kids, but like there's a bit of a message behind it. And I do think there's something interesting about that too. That would be like an interesting challenge to keep with the animals and the the tone that we've created, but write something that is either has like an educational undertone or has a, has a message just as like a creative challenge to be able to like, land that plane so to speak i think would be another interesting way to keep the animals going but um yeah see if we can't like crack something that has like a, a deeper meaning than than the um not that our book isn't deep there's definitely layers of humor in there that are that are uh really existential but um yeah just there's seems to be a lot of stuff that we could still do um and it's also fine nice to find time to be able to even you know living in two different parts of the country being able to collaborate and share ideas and just keep that going it's it's nice it keeps it keeps things fresh and keeps us creative i hope we probably need to wrap this up so we can all get back to our uh creative or not so my, my tasks today are not creative at all oh. you all need to be extra creative for me um but it's been really awesome having you on and getting to, I can't believe we haven't talked face to face before, despite working together for the entire pandemic. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so nice to be able to see you guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Likewise. And yeah, well, thanks so much for coming on. And yeah, so if anyone's been listening for a while, uh, this is Carla Butlin and Josh Cassidy, the authors of If Animals Could Talk, which is not for children and is very funny and you can get it at your local bookstore mm -hmm. and anywhere that books are sold um especially your local specialty and gift stores will probably have such books as this one and uh yeah and they'll have a coloring book out this fall as well thanks for joining us once again please send your questions to podcast at microcosmpublishing.com so we can answer them on future episodes and please give us five stars on iTunes and everywhere else that podcasts are reviewed. You can find us on the internet at microcosm.pub. On Twitter at microcosm. On Facebook at microcosm publishing. On Instagram at microcosm underscore pub. And here in Portland, Oregon on North Williams Avenue. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>